that button. You do it. I would watch Beekeeper 10 times before you make me watch Argyle. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. Uh, so how many times do you think you've seen the Bob Marley trailer at this point? Oh, my God. How so many so times have you seen which it? Which version? Any um, version. Any so my, my least favorite. Are we talking 50 favorite. times? Are we coming up on 50 times? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I've seen that trailer. I thought it was going to be like a late, like award season release mm. and no but it's, it must it's be next bad. year it must be bad oh no it looks miserably i mean bad. They, went, they wouldn't bury it in february and trailer the shit out of it which is too bad because i feel bad because i was watching that trailer today yeah and i thought i mean bob marley is a genius oh like, yeah he's a genius like whether oh, yes. you like reggae or not i mean some of those songs you know redemption song has always been my favorite but whatever i mean they stick in your head they're like excellent pieces of popular music yeah. that are are beautiful and that have everything that's good about reggae in them and have yes great messages like yeah. wonderful yeah. uplifting messages that dude is a genius yeah and i don't use that term lightly right but uh this movie is not gonna the be trailer is i mean if the movie was actually good it would be so shocking Oh, yes. It, it would, would be, be so shocking because yeah, a I'd movie be that is trailered to that extent where the trailer plays in front of every movie for what seems like a year. Yeah. It's exhausting. Not, I mean, I saw the Dune 2 trailer for the first time today. Oh, I know. Isn't that they're fascinating? Not wor- they're not worried that I'm not going to go see it. No, but they are worried that you won't see <laughs> like the they Bob know Marley I'm gonna go s- Like, we all know it's coming out. Yeah, Bob Marley, One Love... Yeah, the the thing that gets me about the the first because they they now have a new version of the trailer that doesn't do this, but it's the people screaming, you know, cheering, and he, they're like, "Where do you want to start?" And he's like, "From the beginning." Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and I know the I mean, movie's going to start cor- like that way. It's co- so corny. <laughs> but I just, I just any time I see a trailer that much, regardless of the quality of the trailer, whatever I think about the movie. I think it's a very bad sign. I agree. Like if, I they, agree. if they're promoting it at that level. Yeah. Right. So we're talking movies. We've had a little bit of a layoff. Happy New Year, Kyle. Happy New Year, Ben. I'm back. You're back. We're all here. We're here. We're ready for 2024. Are we ready for 2024? Is anyone ready for 2024? I got to get ready real quick because I'm getting married. You're getting months, married. It's so. very exciting. Congratulations <laughs> to you. Congratulations you. to you and Katie. Uh, so I think next we were talking about it just uh, off mic next week. We're going to do a little year end stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, year I can end, also, year beginning, uh, yeah, I year in review type stuff. Absolutely. But we actually yeah. want to talk a little, act, talk a little movies, talk a little specific movies today, not just do the sort of yeah. best of overview type stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think it's always good to talk about specifics so when we can. It appears that the big award-winning movie, if the Golden Globes are thought to be a predictor, is going to be Oppenheimer. Absolutely. Now, yeah. you liked Oppenheimer more than me. Did it make your 25? It did I didn't not. think so. Do you know why it didn't make my 25? Because it's not good. <laughs> well, there's it's that. not good. There's that. Because um, it's not one of the 25 best movies. Well, well and we'll get into it. Um, it's because of Ferrari. It didn't really make it Oh, in. that's interesting. It's because Ferrari, because Nolan has always tried to do man protagonist and Oppenheimer is a man protagonist. Oh. And I thought that um, Michael Mann doing it himself was a much better I mean, version of I it. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think, I mean, this will maybe preview my, my review of Ferrari a little, but I don't think Oppenheimer is... Uh, worthy to carry the jock of Ferrari. I don't I, think so. I, I, yeah. uh, and the, th- the one that blew my mind is this is actually the first Golden Globe Award I was aware of because I saw someone post about it on Instagram. Yeah. Was Robert Downey Jr. winning for Best insane Supporting Actor. Insane to me. That of all the awards, I mean, insane. Picture Director are insane too. 
Uh, Killian Murphy, I, at least I can I can I get, can muster I mean, an he, idea. I mean, he his performance. Though the two things about that movie that I will concede are good are his performance and that middle twenty or thirty minutes where they actually do the bomb. Do the bomb. But yeah. like, first of all, I like Robert Downey Jr. I do. But this is a combination of that of awarding the movie and some sort of lifetime achievement thing. Because I looked at the nominees, he is without a doubt the worst performance. Uh, on absolutely, that list. he shouldn't even and, be. And up. that part of the movie is the worst part of that movie. In hundred percent, it is. It does not add anything to the movie. It's totally boring. It's totally pointless. It's extremely heavy handed. It's a. It does nothing for the movie. The movie would be better if that whole plot line was cut. A hundred percent. No, a hundred percent. I agree with you. I agree with you. That's a better movie if you literally just lop that part out of it. Yeah, the political subterfuge uh, angle, that that chapter is really overwritten, overacted, has a, and it, it amounts to a shrug. It amounts like, oh, yeah. okay, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. And what's really, someone pointed it out to me, was that, it takes on the same framework as Amadeus, is as you know one is Salieri yeah, you, and one you, is. You give me this this one before. <laughs> you're, you're you're correct. And 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 I I think when you look at it in that way, you're like, oh yeah, it's it doesn't amount to the grandeur because like, that is like that's about opera. It's supposed to be overwrought in some sort of way. It's supposed to have some kind of. Uh, fictitious fixation, but here th- he's dealing with history. He's dealing with real people, I mean, and he's trying to uh, utilize that to an overwrought dra- dramatization. And doesn't work. When I saw that, I thought I was losing my mind, and so I went and looked. <laughs> I hadn't even looked at the nominees. I don't fucking care about the Golden Globes, but I hadn't even looked at the nominees. I immediately went and looked to the list. His performance is easily six out of six. I know you didn't like Bar- you you didn't like Barbie as much as I do, but I still think Gosling's no, performance no. Gosling's is more performance notable than better Downey yes. Juniors. I mean, Mark the, Ruffalo. Was incredible no, no, and poor the, I think the guy who should win is is Charles Melton. Oh, I incredible. thought that performance was yeah. the standout. And then between De Niro, uh, Defoe, and Ruffalo, on any given day, I could give you any one of those three. Those yeah. two, those three are in the pack for De me. De Niro's incredible. Gosling's great. Ruffalo's incredible. But Melton, Melton would actually probably be my I, choice. I think be, he's, I, he's if I had astounding. his vote, if I had a vote, that's who I'd vote for. To me. He is an he, his performance is such an essential part of that movie, and he just kind of forms the emotional core of this very, like he really he really anchors that movie in a way that it needs to be anchored mm-hmm. very badly. And I just thought it was a very naturalistic and believable and yeah, that, beautiful performance. And movie, I would give the award to him. But any of the other ones, I mean, I'd be fine with. Like I would, I could see a case for any of those other actors to get the award. Yeah. I mean, God, who would I pick for number two? I guess in a, I guess maybe De Niro. I really think that's a great late it's career sinister. performance. It's sinister. It's a great yeah. villain performance because he just he the arc of him and the way he sort of insinuates himself through the movie is just very gross. Yeah, and very excellent. Uh, so a great late perform. But but I mean, if anyone, but any, and I lo- I love Robert Downey Jr. But I mean, and he, and he's made the movie. I mean, he launched the Marvel franchise, so he's made the movie industry countless billions, <laughs> billions of dollars, of dollars yeah. right and he's a great actor he's he a great was, he's a great actor like i've, I, I've loved I, him for a long time i have time. nothing but love and he's it's a great comeback story too i got no problem with robert downey jr as an actor i just obviously i don't like oppenheimer if it wins all the big awards i think that's a real disservice um, a disservice well because i i even spoke about this on my top 25 is i i think actually the oscars do more of a disservice than they do a service like for every uh, 
independent or foreign language title that might muster its way and like crowbar its way into the top 10 of a year that does a good platforming it does a good show of representation and um and diversity of of style and and substance that's out there in the industry but if oppenheimer is going to just demolish the entire award season uh which it's looking quite credibly that that is what it's going to do it does it does more to deplatform all these other possibilities but, but it's, it's, it's also bizarre because lately when the academy has missed by choosing a best picture movie that i thought wasn't i mean it's, it's one thing if it's it's not my favorite yeah Right. But it's another thing if I don't even think it's really that great. Sure. And I feel like when they've missed, it's been with things like Green Book or Coda, yeah, where it was yeah. clearly some sort of a virtue signal, right? Yeah. Where it was clearly like, well, we want to pick this because we think it's sending a good message. With Green Book, that's particularly hilarious, right? Because yes, it's such I a agree. white savior thing. At least yeah. with Coda, I can see like, oh, yeah, that. And Coda is a better movie than Green Book, too. I mean, I. Yes, I, 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 I that, that's a low bar, but yes, I, absolutely. But I, I mean, I don't <laughs> think it was the best movie of that year by it a long shot. It absolutely was not. But, but it's like, at least, okay, I see what you're doing there. Mm-hmm. But like, if you want to pick a prestige movie that's also a, a, like, a virtue signal give it to killers of the flower moon right at least there i love that movie but and it's credit it's a credible choice right if you told me that was the best i mean obviously a lot of people have oppenheimer too but you know killers of the flower moon is a totally reasonable choice for the best movie of last year it's not my choice yeah but it's a reasonable choice if somebody makes that choice i'm not gonna be like you're out of your mind that's crazy yeah uh in other years, obviously, they get it closer to right. I mean, I look at Moonlight. To me, that's that was like a movie that was great. certainly one of the best movies that came out that year. 100%. Right? Yeah. And, I, and I mean, they've, they've got some of the right movies, at least in the running, right? At least yeah. Past Lives is getting some of the attention, right? And, you know? Yeah. But uh, it's just... If it's Oppenheimer, man, this is what what is that about? I guess is it that's lifetime achievement for Christopher Nolan, right? It's like I don't know you've what made us a lot of money. I don't know exactly you, what the mentality is because obviously the, I understand your negativity. I'm I'm pretty much I mean, you like halfway it more than or me, more. Yeah, I appreciate some of us, things about it. None of us, neither of us think that it's you don't you don't put it in the top twenty five. So no. I mean, no. you you make a very considered list and you see almost everything. Yeah, I so I, that's a and I thought long and hard about it. I thought long and hard about even like putting it because other people might expect it to be there. And that's not your way, Kyle. But it's not my way. That's not your way. I. I don't know what the movement Ooh, baby, is. baby, I love you way <laughs> every day. Because, like, look, look, compare it to last year. Everything, everywhere, all at once. It wasn't my favorite of the year, but it was, ta- like, as you're saying, it's tolerable. Oh, it's that's, it's yes, digestible. That's a very credible choice. Well, and it's, it's a zeitgeist, and, and it almost makes sense. It's like it, it, people are feeling this. People are feeling the social media frenzy. They're feeling the disillusionment of choice and and so it makes a lot of sense and, and I, is, s- I also want to say there's a difference i want to make my point really clear here there's a difference between seeing inclusiveness as a value add versus yeah, seeing it yeah, as the, yeah, yeah. there's a difference between that being part of the reason why everywhere everything everywhere all at once gets the award versus green book where it's just like clear that it's entirely based on yeah. someone thinking oh this yeah, yeah. is a good this is a good one for us to get behind. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. If I'm, I'm not behind it, then I, I must like, be like, bad. I'm all in favor of, you know, this is this is the original idea of affirmative action is that if you have a tie, you put the thumb on the scale for the diversity. 
that that kind of affirmative action well i'm in favor of all kinds of affirmative action but that kind of affirmative action i think is totally reasonable pick pick the movie directed by a woman pick the movie that fe- features people of color like 100 percent, do it but when you but when you just do this ham fi- i mean the, the fact that i keep on coming out of green book because it's white savior thing but like <laughs> if it's if it's just this ham-fisted right yeah. if it's just ham but coming back to oppenheimer like that's not at play it's a bunch of fucking white people right telling uh, the story about like the great white man and like his his burden and his how this this man that bestrides history right i mean oppenheimer is just like a modern napoleon right this man who just bestrides history right who who is i am uh, you know the destroyer of worlds blah 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 uh i mean I, there's there's nothing like there's no I guess maybe there's some political case in the sense that like the good liberals of the academy think that this is a poignant message about power and its and its dark side or yeah. something. But I just do you think it's I because just, I just don't get it? I just don't get it. Well, do you do you think it's because? And I'm trying to maybe strike a commonality between all these winners. Um, well, at least at least maybe something like Green Book, Coda, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Oppenheimer. If Oppenheimer ends up being the winner. Is it because, and and this is not to say that this is a negative, it can be a positive in in effect and it can be a negative. I think in in the way that it does it for everything, everywhere, all at once, it's a positive and Oppenheimer, it's more of a negative, but that it is transplanting, it's it's dictating its emotion. There is nothing for you to not feel because the, the score is is dictating the the feeling, the flow, the the ideas, the the momentousness of events in Oppenheimer almost cons- almost monotonously. It's continuously. And everything everywhere all at once, it's also very broad even though it's spe- it's specific cultures, it's a very broad yes. sort of idea of emotion. Do you think that that's just what people are just I don't know, but I mean Moonlight's a very subtle movie. You're right. That that one but that one's a surprise, right? Yeah. La La Land was the expected yeah, winner. That yeah, one's not a, a subtle movie. I really don't know. I'm, I think there's probably a lot of internal politics to this. It, there's absolutely. a lot of... Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot... You know, one of these movies is going to win and it's whoever has the most juice or maybe they don't want to give it to Killers because that's Apple and they don't want... Maybe. And they don't want them to have it because they want to give it a to... A keep it service. in the regular studio. That could have something to do with it, right? Well, especially I mean, because Nolan is like the, sa- the, the idea of the savior yeah, of the I theater. Don't, I don't know. But I don't know. I just... I, it's just it's very odd to me and i'm i mean of the big of the big awards i mean lily gladstone wins she's gonna win that academy award well it's now between her and emma stone because they split the categories of the golden globes so it could be her lily gladstone you think it's gonna be uh, but either would be fine with me absolutely both career making it's giamatti or killian murphy Uh, which i'd be more in favor of a giamatti definitely giamatti uh did you see the picture of him post golden globes no uh he he was eating by himself at in and out with his golden globe on his table that's awesome i love it that's awesome. i love that man i mean he's he's one of the great actors <laughs> out there i mean he, we love him i mean i love killing really, murphy too killing murphy I, is incredible I, yeah I, I wish he'd win it for a different movie but I, like i said his performance is clearly the anchor of that movie it is, it is. and the best part of it i uh you know lily gladstone uh emma stone like that's a that's one a one b for me i would i think those are both excellent performances in movies that i both liked a great deal so i could I could go either way. Downey Jr., that's insane. 
Yeah. That's insane yeah. to me. Yeah. Like, I just don't, well, again, I don't see it. He's part of the momentum. Yeah. It's like they cannot separate him. I do think there's him. a career element, too. A career element, momentum of Oppenheimer. I, th- I you know, obviously Barbie won some stuff yesterday, too. And I th- I think that's what you're going to see. You're just going Who to be... Who won Best Supporting uh, Actress? Uh, uh, Divine Joy Randolph from The Holdovers. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's great. That's I, great. I, I loved I, her I, in that. I think she should win. I loved um, her in that. She I is... Mean, there's some others that, that could could compete yeah, no, but a, i think that's she's a great. great choice and she was a great uh she gives a great performance and anyway, i mean obviously i really like the holdovers uh but uh yeah i mean gosh it looked like anatomy of the fall was the one that they were going to give a couple they give a screenplay, screenplay award and best foreign language film so that so. that looks like the one yeah which over zone of interest is crazy to me I, I mean, well I really, but I really we l- know that that's not going to win anything <laughs> but I mean, they nominated it for what a couple of things they i feel co- yeah. like but but the, the the movies i love aren't i'm are never up because they are they're more specific they're they're more intimate they're more internal i am surprised like past lives is getting some recognition but i'm very happy but i mean may december i mean there's yeah. there's some things on the margins that may get a little yes, love a little bit but yeah, it's going to be the Barbenheimer steam train with a little, a couple dashes of some other movies sprinkled in. I mean, Boy in the Heron will win Best Animated, I hope. I again, think so. Which is clearly the right choice. Uh, yeah, I guess Anatomy of a Fall will win Foreign Language. That it depends on if that gets, it, it, yeah, if that is officially France's choice. I, I think it is, but... I don't know. It gets all into the specifics. Yeah, and yeah the no, politics. I know there's weirdness about yeah. that, but whatever. Okay, so that's the Golden Globes. Oppenheimer's going to win everything, and that's not that great. <laughs> it does feel weird, right? When it felt weird when Barbenheimer was happening. I didn't love either movie, but I was amongst people who loved both. And it feels weird. It feels weird to be out of the like but it, momentum. But it I is, don't necessarily understand. It is it. funny that that cultural moment has such legs, right? Yeah. That it seems to be carrying these movies to. To success, and in a way, given the sort of cultural analysis, you'd think Barbie would have the longer legs, uh, pun intended, I guess, because <laughs> because there's more of a sort of a political identity reason to favor that movie than there is to favor Oppenheimer. Yeah, Oppenheimer, uh, it, even though it deals in the world of politics, has no real political ideas. No, Christopher Nolan it. doesn't believe in anything, no. right? I mean, you can't watch his movies and think that he has any particular... I mean, his movies just seem to have so little to say. Yeah, they are. And I, they and are. I don't think movies should be didactic. No, right. Yeah. But it. But uh, you know, it's funny because, I mean, the, the the movies that we're going to talk about today. I mean, they're not in any sense. I wouldn't call them political, but they definitely are about the culture, and they have oh, something sure. to yeah. say. Right. Yeah. They have a perspective that they're offering. Both both about masculinity, really. Yes. A large, and, large and conversation. So, so I, th- I don't think movies should be didactic, but I think it helps if they have something to, on their mind. I guess I would say, like, something interesting. I think movies are at their best when they have something interesting on their mind. Yeah. That they're sort of working through. I think those are some of my favorite movies. Yeah. Not movies that have some clear position. But they have something really in their like mm-hmm. like what did I say about about Zone of Interest? It's a movie with hate in its heart. Like I just think that movie <laughs> the movies that have something stuck in their craw, I think that makes them better. I agree. So which one do you want to talk about first? Well, let's let's be quick with both because we have night plans here. Like right after, no, we're we're gonna do it. We're, we're tightening it up. Buddy. We're tightening we, we've been it up. Tight, we've been tightened, <clears throat> and I, I think I think we can. We'll be we'll be tight. Well, all right. Well, let's you let's got your keep eye on the tight. time. Let's do. 
Let's do Iron Claw first because I think that. I have less to say about it because because I can get my criticisms and praises out I think quicker for that versus the, okay. a, a more complicated so, so Michael Mann it's a conversation. lightning round here. It's yeah. a lightning round. So I appreciate a lot about the Iron Claw. It's filmed by Sean Durkin. The movie I, or the move? Oh, the move. The, uh, definitely the move. The I move. Uh, go back to the Kyle's that been era. Here to give an Iron Claw now and, and again. Now and again. It's a, it's a um, I think it is a very interesting choice to tell a tale about the Von Erichs. I think they parallel the idea, uh, especially in the kind of performative nature and the interesting, um, I suppose, very American sport of professional wrestling. The the Americanized, uh, media mediaized uh, rendition of this of this sport and this technical sport and uh, performative sport, and I think it's an interesting parallel tale of of very much. Uh, it's Shakespearean. It 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 strikes a very He's dramatic very chord. Shakespearean. I mean, it's King Lear with dashes like f- of like Edgar Allan Poe's Fall of the House of Usher. Like it has yeah. like this like yeah. curse. That weighs on these characters, the, which which really it's just this terrible monstrosity of toxic well, you know, there masculine was even energy. One more brother who died. Uh, that yes. they admitted from the movie because they, they collapsed two characters because they're like, we just can't, we can't do <laughs> we it. Can't have them all. It's too much. I mean, which is fucking insane because the movie does feel like a parade of horribles, and yeah. when you realize it might have even even worse yeah. than what was on the screen, you think. Man, this is a tough one. And it this is. It's a tough story to tell. And honestly, I think it's filmed extraordinarily well. Sean Durkin's a yes, great filmmaker. Our, our, he did Martha Marcy Marlene. The Nest, he did a couple years ago and with Jude Law. And it's really, te- really Technically well. a very excellent movie. And I think the acting is relatively good across the board. Um, I don't think anyone really shines outside. I think it is it is kind of a unit. Uh, and, I, and that's hard to balance as well. Because with, with such heavy hitters like Jeremy Allen White. Um, it, it boy, Jeremy Allen White. Yeah. He seems to be very much the man of the moment right he now. He is. And I think he could, even though he's got a little more histrionic uh, performance. He gets to yell and scream. And, and Zac Efron has the diff- more difficult task, you know, to be quiet, subdued, and uh, internal. Uh, I think he is internalizing yeah. a lot. Well, that's why his performance... I mean, if you if I wanted to single out a performance, it would be his. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's... it's yeah. You know, and for him to step into that role as having been kind of a heartthrob and been considered probably kind of a light, his, his, a lightweight dude what, what in some ways. What a body transformation. Yeah. It's an odd, like, and, and obviously it's, it's to reflect the odd muscular uh, dis, disproportion of wrestlers. And he really went to task to do that. Yeah, and no, it's, it's a, uh, no, but he, he pulls it off. Yeah, he he is absolutely has to anchor this movie and he does. What you need, you do need, as you said, it's a parade of horribles. What I, I suppose is a criticism because this did not make my top 25. Okay. But I appreciate how it's filmed. I appreciate the performances. What I think really irritated me was the script. I think it is pretty broad based. So this, yeah. Okay, go ahead. It's broad, it's broad based. I think it, it, it's expert. 
in exposition wise, it belabors its emotion and its points. Uh, I think it overemphasizes pretty much every instance and every moment that it has. Uh, there are moments of subtlety, and I think that's thanks to performance, and I think that's thanks to Sean Durkin's abilities behind the camera. But it really wanted to overemphasize everything, and and real. And, and if we talk about overwrought emotion, I think the Iron Claw belabors that yeah. 100%. And that's not to say it's a bad movie because it's not. It's a good movie uh, that has some really rough patches. Yeah. And unfortunately those rough patches uh overtook me by the end. Yeah. But I did appre- I mean I, th- this is a gorgeous film. I appreciate the performances. I think it it has an important message. I think, you know, about men and about uh, the, this idea of of who who can we depend on, or do we only depend on ourselves? Do we lean on our brothers, or is is the is that a flawed apparatus? Is that enough when uh, we are told to kind of fend for ourselves and not have emotion and not show weakness? And uh, I I think I appreciated the movie because of that. And uh, when you have such a haunting father figure, it really comes comes forward. Yeah, although the father figure is part of the problem. I agree. I, it's it's a real extreme version of the Dead Poet Society dad. Oh yeah, it was always absolutely. my original because That's that true. movie loomed large for me when I was young. It's just like the unrelentingly shitty dad. Yeah, and I'm sure he was like that. I oh mean, yeah. To, to me, I at the end of the day. This is a pretty classic example of I understand why on one at from one angle this would seem like great source material but I think it's really tough source material cuz it's oh, yeah. so sad so much. And it's hard to do that in a story because the story needs to have levels. And if it feels just like a constant drumbeat of misery, at some yeah. point it's desensitizing it, it and you does. just start to you, check out, yeah. especially because the movie telegraphs from the very beginning that it's going to be that. I didn't know anything about this story beforehand. I paid some attention to professional wrestling in my life, but this was beyond my knowledge. I didn't know anything about yeah. any of these guys. Yeah. And, just to have this just drumbeat of tragedy. They tell you it's going to happen, and then it happens. It's very Shakespearean in that way, like you say. When you walk into a Shakespearean tragedy, they tell you it's a tragedy. They tell you it's a tragedy right away. It's in the name, the tragedy of Hamlet. <laughs> so you know. You know it's going to be bad. You know a tragedy is a story where most, in the Shakespearean sense, where most of the people die. That's yeah. what makes it a tragedy, and this is a tragedy in that sense. So here's a couple of things I'll say. I might have liked this a little bit more than you. The biggest reason I liked it the most is it really, to me, landed the plane in the last half hour or so. Sure. Up yeah. until then, I was kind of in and out on it. It definitely was overwhelming in its horror and unpleasantness. Yeah. And, and it's and, because of that trans- transcribed nature. Although, I, to their credit, the actors, to me, do bring it off. I really believe that those guys loved each other. I yeah, really yeah, believed yeah, yeah. it in my bones that those brothers loved each other and that their bond was super strong, which was going to make the breaking of it and the fraying of it so painful to yeah, watch yeah. so insofar as the movie works at all up until that point the point where i started to like and i'll tell you exactly when i it, it started to click more for me in just a second it was because of those performances and that they sold it yeah they absolutely yeah, yeah. i absolutely bought into the fact that those guys love the shit out of each other yeah and that's an account of the the filmmaking and the performances so the scene where the movie really started to coalesce for me 
is a very subtle scene, or what's happening in it is quite subtle. It's the scene after in the locker room after his fight with Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Now, Ric Flair is someone I do know. The nature mm-hmm. boy, Ric Flair, is thought by many to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, professional still wrestler of wrestle, all time. Still wrestling today. Still, and what's inter- that's interesting, right? That's a very important point. Ric Flair is still alive, unlike yeah. most of the Von Erich brothers. He's still alive. So what happens in that scene? So leading up to that scene, uh, Zac Efron's character has gone over the line. He He's breaks. Given him the, he breaks. He gives him the iron claw too hard. And he won't stop. He won't stop. He gets they disqualified. They go back to the locker room and his... his um, that's the other thing is the movie only at the beginning gets into the point that like this shit is staged. Like I thought they could have... By leaning into what was... I mean, it's it's an important part of the movie that the Von Erichs take this shit too seriously. Like that's a big driver of the movie. But the movie could also lean in a little to more what's funny and ridiculous and over the top about wrestling, yeah. which would have broken up the shittiness of what's happening. There was a, There's not a lot of laughs in this movie. No, no, no. There and was there another... Sh- um, there bi- should be more laughs in it. Absolutely. There was another biopic wrestling movie this year with Gail Garcia Bernal called Cassandro. And I actually thought that the filmic quality and the the behind the scenes quality of what goes into the performance and the world of wrestling was handled incredibly well in that yeah, movie. Because because if you had more about that, it would have busted up all I the agree. tragedy and it would have yes, left, it would have it would have given the movie the movie just is so unrelentingly depressing for so long. You got to break that shit up, and you got to break that shit up with laughs and with goofy stuff because wrestling is so ridiculous. And it will show you that to put people through this, to put people through a torturous, physical, emotional, belaboring experience, such as father was doing it and taking it too seriously, you can't do that with professional but, wrestling. But that, but that is, but that is why the that scene in the locker room with Ric Flair is so beautiful and so subtle. Yeah, because it kind of contains within it the whole of what is going on in the movie so zach efron's character goes over the top and so you and and the family is upset he fucked it up whatever the in in their eyes he fucked it up flair comes in he's excited he likes what has happened because what he sees i mean he doesn't articulate this but i think we can infer this pretty fairly what he sees is someone giving a great performance. He's yes. like, you were so, you sold that performance so well and it looked awesome. Yeah. That's what Flair sees. Because it, it creates like an antagonism. It creates yeah. like a public like, oh, I can lean on that. I can bite into that. But but what, so what Flair was perceiving was excellent faux authenticity, which is what makes wrestling great. Yes. It, which is what he was great at, Right. Flair is one of the rare people who was great at the two things you need to be great at to be a great professional wrestler. He was great at the actual wrestling. He's great on the mic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's great on the mic. In fact, they show this actor who I'd never seen before, but he does a a very credible job as Ric Flair. They show him doing a famous promo by Ric Flair. Mm -hmm. And you immediately see the genius of this guy, how great he is at selling this character. That's professional wrestling. If you can do it in the ring and if you can do it on the mic, that's what makes you great. Those are the true great ones, the guys who can do both, right? And so what Flair sees is brilliant faux authenticity. Yeah. The hallmark of great professional wrestling. But what actually happened was someone having an actual breakdown 
And, and you can see, and this is a great subtle performance by Efron in a great subtle scene in an unsubtle movie. You can see the whole thing unravel yeah, for Efron yeah, in one yeah. moment. Because he sees, oh, this guy who's a genius at this saw me and he thought I was doing what he's doing. Yeah. But really, I really wanted it the way a normal athlete would want the belt, to win it as a contest. And I did what I did, not because I was good in the way that Flair is good, but because the line had gotten so blurred for me that I couldn't see the difference yeah 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 and at that moment you can just see it just the the acknowledgement in efron's face and it was just such a great subtle moment because it was like the whole onion the layers and layers of what was ridiculous about how the von erics were approaching this all just sort of pop apart for him in one moment when he sees someone who's actually doing it yeah and he realizes oh yeah that's what this is all about and that's not me no and i have completely lost the plot because the lead up to it is like a rocky style montage of him just being the shit out of each other of himself and like he's training to actually win an actual wrestling match versus training to be a great performer yeah and once he sees the great performer and he sees like oh this guy's not pissed off because i went over the top he thinks i was just doing great work and that it made for good TV. And it breaks the whole theory of his father. It breaks... The, the whole the, thing the unravels. Whole thing, yeah. It's like... And I thought the movie at that moment gets what is going on and the ridiculousness of this thing and this character to such an extent. And it's just such a subtle mm-hmm. moment. But yeah. it completely... And from then on, I was more bought in on the movie. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and it made the tear-jerking parts at the end more affecting to me because we at least did get that redemption for Efron. The movie does have... Someone gets a happy ending, right? He gets a happy ending. He gets a family. And and I will say that, especially when the little boys come and say, you can be our brother, that was a tear-jerking moment for me. That did bring the waterworks for me. And I know I it's heavy-handed. It is but it very did, heavy-handed. But it did work for me. I'm not saying it's not effective, but it is and I am the a dad. most heavy-handed. <laughs> well, I think the scene where they, I, th- I think the scene where they're in heaven is more heavy-handed. Oh, that than, that is definitely so. But, but even then, it worked for me because it's they like meet up with their little brother. It, that is that's that scene was a lot. It, it worked for me because that I'm like, oh, that's lot. what he's seeing in his head. Yes, that's what yeah. he's. That's how it's he's hope. coping. It's a hope. That's how he's coping, and and you know, all of us, you know, I'm not a religious person, right? I don't, I don't believe in an afterlife or anything like that. But I, we all have those moments where we think, wouldn't it be nice? Yeah. Wouldn't, and he's having that at a dark moment, so I'll allow it. But that's when the movie comes together and it, it lands the plane uh, uh, for me on that. Um, but but it definitely is a movie that I think was extremely hard to make. It's an extremely hard story to tell when it really yeah, is that yeah. bad or worse. The actual story is worse. And it's just hard. Yeah. That's no, just no, a hard source is. material. It's hard source material. Very much. But it seems great. It's it's so in a way it's kind of the source material is and it's a good movie. But the yeah. source material is a little bit fool's gold because I agree. Because it's so depressing. It really is. And it needs to have levels. Yeah. It needs to have more levels. There needs to, this movie, like, like, honestly, the person who I think when I watch a movie like this is, I always think about Sean Baker because I'm like, this does have certain mm. ba- Sean Bakerish elements. And the genius of his movies is that you hear what it's about and you think, oh, this is going to be a heavy fucking movie. And then it's so buoyant. Yeah, it's and buoyant. And it's so funny. It's funny. And what you realize is that 
drama always benefits from comedy, it which does. is a great lead into Ferrari. I was the only one laughing in Ferrari, but I Very laughed a great movie. deal. I Very mean, funny. I mean, Adam Driver in the deadpan humor that he brings to this, I thought was really excellent. It really is. I liked good. his performance a lot. And I, there were just a lot of lines, a lot of moments where I just, I chuckled because I thought, what do they say? It's like a pizza pie. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I thought it was a great performance from him. I, it's really good. I really yeah. like I really liked Ferrari a lot. Me too. I think, in terms of the pure excellence and vernacular of cinema, Michael Mann is one of the best there is. He's one of the best to ever do it. I know. And this movie is just so beautiful. It is just so beautiful and, and, to and, look and at. And not in in a different way than it like what you associate with man. Like in yeah. say like Thief, you know, in that, that very hyper stylized kind of but, way. But it still does have his willingness to sit with things. Very much. Which is yeah. the genius of him. I, I mean, people don't talk in this movie for the first few minutes. There's very little dialogue yeah. in the first few minutes. He, you just sit with it, and you sit with it, and you sit with it. You sit with the people. Because he's you about... sit with the vistas. He loves professionals, and he loves professionals locked in a repressed emotion. Um, and Ferrari is one of those figures. He's locked in his grief, locked in, in himself, and... Everything is about the rhythm of the work, the day, the idea. And he is, I mean, man, just, the, the fact that man like rebuilt Ferrari engines just, just so that he could have them on screen. Fucking freak. He's a freak. But he's so <laughs> confident. He's so, so confident. confident. I, yeah. I watch his movies and I just think it's the same way with watching uh, the killer Fincher movie. You just watch those yeah. guys. They just know exactly what they want to do. Yeah, 100%. It's just, it's shot for shot, they just get it. Yeah. Every time. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, I'll get... Uh, so, so let's let's do the thing I, I don't like about this first. Yeah. Just one one caveat. It has the one thing I, I hate in movies like this, which is they, they do it in English, but with the accent. Uh-huh. Either do it in normal English or do it in Italian. <laughs> like, remember it's the so movie... Of, it's funny because it's so House of Gucci. Like, this, there's such, the, this and House of Gucci are a great, like, yes. parallel tracks. Both Adam Driver, both about big Italian business families. Uh, has one, sex with the, the other lead yeah. on a table. <laughs> one, one great, one just fucking ridiculous, just so insane. Two... Uh, very storied directors. One one that I have more regard for than the other. Yeah, but uh, you know, I really liked this movie. No, I, I really do. And, and it seems like it's gotten kind of a mixed response, so far as I can tell. I think so. But yeah. I thought it was great. No, I think I, I think in how they set up the the dynamics, like w- what is going on here, is almost like a a prequel to Ford V Ferrari where you're getting to see the other side of what's going on, but in more detail and in, in less time, it takes place over just the span of a year and he's trying to uh, keep the business, trying to make these deals so that he's not bought up by Ford, that he's uh, going to sell to um, uh, that he's battling Maserati for you know for for the for, for this race that they are the, I forget the name of the race right now but uh, and then he's going to sell to Fiat and 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 to, to have like a partnership there and so that he can maintain control all of the operations and are are not flashy and I think that that's maybe why it's getting such a lukewarm response because 
what is going on is incredibly interesting and incredibly detailed and incredibly well-researched and incredibly performed in a very particular way that I, that's very classic. I think this is very classic movie making that not a lot of people, I think it's, it's outside of our regular language. It is classic in some sense, but but it also, I mean, I mean, it still has this, this infusion of, of a certain sort of, I mean, just a more sort of not not in the way it's shot, but in this, it does. Man's greatest gift as an American filmmaker is to draw from other traditions. Like he doesn't have this American need to lead us by the fucking collar, like no, what you're talking no, no. about with yeah. Oppenheimer, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you talk, you talk about Ford versus Ferrari. Well, Ford versus Ferrari is to air right is to a lot of other american movies where it's like they really want to say oh look at this hero oh mm-hmm. what an epic heroic story of yeah. this great man triumphing and doesn't it give you chills this is ferrari's this, anti-great man absolutely, very much so. but, but it's also just anti it's a movie with a lot of big feelings running through it for sure but it's not trying to make you feel all no. of this no. and it's become so much more affecting because you get to watch these people like 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 his man's greatest gift is that he just wants to look really really close at something he does he's yeah. so curious he's such a curious and perceptive filmmaker he mm-hmm. wants to show us this thing that he's thinking about He's got this story in his head and he wants to show it to us. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily want to tell us like, oh man, isn't this sad or isn't this great or isn't this a profound success or isn't this a profound failure? No, yeah, yeah. It's removed from that. There's huge feelings that people are experiencing. You watch them experience huge feelings, right? But he's not trying to just fucking browbeat us with it. And it's just so refreshing. I agree. And I know it feels very European to me. It feels almost new wave to me. I mean, it's, he's, he's not like, he's not like, he's not like a new wave filmmaker in a lot of ways, but it does have that feeling of just being at a little bit of a remove, right? Like I'm just going to show this shit to you. And it's because his protagonist is at a remove. The movie is operating in his psychology. It's operating in his world. How does he relate to the world? It's in precision. It's in perfection. It's in, and it's not joy anymore. That's what's so brilliant about the opening of the movie where he inserts Adam Driver almost hilariously as Ferrari in the old footage. Yeah, yeah. But he's happy. He's joyous, but that's not the character we have now. He's deplete of of humor, and he's deplete of joy. He is all he has is this this obsession, and it's because for a lot of reasons. It's a lot of reasons because he's built it and he wants to keep it. It's because he he loves it but doesn't know how to enjoy it anymore, and it's because he lost his son, and it's it's a grief process. But but that's but his his hanging back from that is what makes it so affecting when he goes for it right that scene where he they fight and he talks about how you know he is an he was an engineer trying to solve his kid's sickness yeah it's just so affecting right because he holds it back and he holds it back and then he fucking gives it it go yes right which is the way people actually do emotion yes like people hold it in and they hold i mean obviously everyone's different but people don't just go out and emote all the time. They hold it in and they hold it back and then they fucking let it rip. Yeah. And that's what he does. He holds it back. He holds it back. 
he doles it out a little by little, drip, 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 and then he lets it fucking go. Yeah. Right? And that scene is just so emotionally affecting. It's because, incredible. Because done. you can because it because it perfectly aligns with that character. Yeah. Like when he delivers those lines, you know that's exactly right. That's exactly how he felt. He thought, I solve problems, I can solve this problem. Yes. And he yeah. couldn't solve it. And he couldn't. No, and and it, it it haunts him. It haunts him. It it cripples him. He has the mind of an engineer. And he saw a problem set and he's like, well, we're going to attack this from every angle and we're going to solve it. And he couldn't fix couldn't it. Couldn't do it. I, I find the movie, and, and, the only, uh, and the only thing that I would criticize on it is Shailene Woodley is a bit miscast. I, th- I don't think she works 100%. You know, the accent, and it's, maybe it's because the rule that you've stated, if she wasn't doing an accent and nobody else was doing an accent, I don't think it would have been noticeable. That, um, I just, I honestly, that that shit, I almost tune it out because I just think it's so stupid. I'm sure. just like, we're gonna do yeah. this fucking thing where they speak English and Italian accents. It's dumb. I yeah. don't like it. They're reading newspapers in fucking Italian. Yeah, like <laughs> they're not speaking English to each other. Well, and then I, I do think it builds up incredibly well the, the drama, the, the the technicality of the race, like really just getting into the. The individual cars, the movement, how how they start the race, how he talks to everybody to give them certain motivation. Oh, God, the pep it's, talks and shit are great. It's so good. And how he just says something different to each one. <laughs> yeah, and, and the sort of bonhomie between all those guys I thought yeah. was really well done. And then, I mean, I... I don't often gasp in a theater. I didn't know how much they were going to show of the crash, and it was it was unflinching. Yeah, it the aftermath brutal. of it. The aftermath of it is brutal. brutal. Which you know I'm in favor of. Yeah. I like I like sex and I like if you're gonna do violence, make it terrible. And it, it is absolutely one of the make most it awful terrible to watch. things I've seen on screen. I mean, I like cartoonish violence sometimes. I mean we like yeah. John Wick, we like Kill, Kill Bill, Bill and all that yeah. shit. But it this is real, so make it real. Make it real. Make it hard to see. And it was hard. It was hard, hard to watch. Yeah, it was very yeah, hard. It's brutal. Well, I, I, we don't, we we should wrap up only because of time. But no, I feel like it's good. Uh, I We're tight. Yeah, keeping it tight, keeping brother. It tight. I I do think both of these movies are worth seeing, and and they're very well filmed. They're very well done. I think you should see them in a theater, um, especially Ferrari. I've, yeah. I would say. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I liked both a lot, and Iron Claw is certainly a beautiful movie to look at uh, amongst. Beautiful, you know, and, I, and, I, yeah. and I think, like I said, I, I think there's there's plenty of things to recommend it, but Ferrari especially. I mean, in that in that you know anamorphic, it just looked it looked great. If you can find if you can find the bit of humor in it, and you can find the emotion, if you can find the horror in it all, I, 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 think, I think it, it I surveys think a, a, great, a I think wide it's a great driver performance. Yeah, too. I thought I think he, he's very I, I thought good. He really brought it. Very underrated. Like the subtlety of it. Yeah, this is the performance that they should give awards to, but don't. I mean, it's it just. I mean, I'm, no. I, I'm not saying it, I mean, it's like the best. Perform- I'd have to think about it, but it's a great performance. Oftentimes, Michael Mann gets great performances that are very unrecognized. I think Tom Cruise is great in Collateral. I think he should have got maybe some recognition for it, but he didn't. I mean, obviously, um, James Conn and Thief. James you know. Conn and Thief is incredible. Yeah, yeah, I he, mean, yeah. He he is he is um uh, sort of a great like. 
this kind of a dude, right? This is the this, the, kind, this kind of a dude is you really... You have to look in his... It's. I mean, he really is an auteur in that he obsesses about similar people from various angles. Yes. And so I think this fits very nicely and it, in it his also is, is great in the sense of, you know, it doesn't do the biopic thing we hate. It's oh, yeah. really laser-focused. Very laser-focused. I appreciated that. Oh, God. Thank God for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this was great. Um, so next week, I think we'll do a year in review. Uh, we'll we might talk about talks. the bee. I might have some beekeeper thoughts. Beekeeper thought. Oh, you know what? I'll go see beekeeper. I'll go see. I, I got to get, watch something. I know Society of the Snow, Jay Bayona's movie, is on Netflix. So maybe we could yeah, yeah. check it out. But I don't know. Um, let's, uh, yeah, next week we'll talk about what's coming in 2024. We'll talk about 2023 in a kind of review. And uh and maybe some beekeeper stuff. <laughs> uh, ben Thalen, Dead Reckoner, Substack. You, I'm sure you're listening to it there. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, or you're listening to it at Caraburl, a Patreon. I know movies and you don't. Check him out. Give him some money. His wedding is it's already way over budget. We need some extra cash. Not yet. It's already, you know, I, I, t- I told him, I told him, you know, you didn't need all that, you know, all those gold plated uh, flowers or whatever or no, uh, no, surprisingly, no flowers are going to be really No flowers? Uh, Katie's not a flower gal. What the fuck? Yeah. I'm going to talk to her about that right after we stop recording. <laughs> flowers are great. Uh, so so give Kyle your money, and uh, we will, uh, we'll talk to you next week. We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Uh.